Could deadly disease be lurking on your dinner table? What we found was just unbelievable. In a critical episode of The Doctors, we examine disturbing allegations about herbicides in your food. We don't shy away from controversy. The alleged victims. I watched him deteriorate. And the cover-up. This is almost verbatim what Big Tobacco said about cigarettes. And what you need to know to protect your family. I don't think it's time to wait and see. It's time to take action. The Doctors. For a decade now, we've delivered the news, studies, and stories you need to know to improve your health. We don't shy away from controversy like this episode where we debated the safety of the most widely used herbicide in the world, glyphosate. It's also the active ingredient in the popular weed killer Roundup, and there are reports that 750 products containing glyphosate are for sale in the United States. Anytime you hear the word cancer associated with food, Rightly so, it raises concerns. I'm a scientist at Monsanto for 20 years, and this has been the molecule that I've studied all of those years, and I'm absolutely confident of the data behind it. And again, you're probably all saying, yeah, well, she's with Monsanto. But again, don't take my word for it, because the regulatory agencies around the world for the past four years, looking at very comprehensive reviews, have come to that conclusion. We do have someone from sort of the alternative perspective. Many scientists who reviewed their research have declared it tobacco science, catching them red-handed, specifically designing their studies to avoid finding problems. There's different ways that we look at the data, and if we had any indication or any concerns about the safety of this product, we wouldn't be putting it out there. It was released this week that the levels of Roundup that's considered safe in drinking water causes endocrine disruption in human cells as well as toxicity. As a scientist, um, that is my job to look at all those allegations that he brings up all the time. And I mean this very honestly, I am extremely highly confident in this product as a mom and then I can back it up as a scientist. In 2015, when we taped that episode, the World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer had just classified glyphosate as probably carcinogenic to humans, a claim Monsanto disputed. You know, you may have used Roundup or a similar product as a weed killer in your yard. It's also used on crops, including corn and soybeans. Some reports say that 99% of U.S. corn crops and 95% of soybean crops have this chemical in recent weeks. The controversial crop chemical has continued to make headlines. You may have seen this, glyphosate levels skyrocket. The European Union Parliament considers ban on controversial weed killer. And popular weed killer faces lawsuit over cancer claims. But what do these headlines really mean? That's what we're gonna be talking about right now on the show. And we're gonna start with the lawsuit alleging glyphosate led to non-Hodgkin lymphoma in certain individuals this is the lead attorney who represents scores of alleged victims. When we talk about bioagricultural companies, there really is nothing compared to Monsanto. They have cornered the market for the most part in GMOs and herbicides and pesticides, whether it be DDT, Agent Orange. These are all Monsanto products. Roundup it was originally patented in 1964, not as a herbicide, but actually as a substance used to descale industrial boilers. And then in 1974, Monsanto learned that it kills weeds. In the 90s, they started developing the GMO crops that were Roundup ready crops, seeds that are resistant to Roundup. So you plant them and you can just spray Roundup without any worry about it killing the plant. That's really when the use of glyphosate and, and Roundup exploded, back when Roundup was first being reviewed by the EPA. They actually first classified it as a likely carcinogen. Monsanto hired an independent expert to re-review the tumors that were seen in those studies. 
And then when they re-reviewed the tumors, they suddenly discovered tumors that no one else had seen in the non-glyphosate group. Monsanto had been telling people it's safe as table salt, that you could drink it, that you could take a bath in it. The more recent iteration of the concerns related to glyphosate really emerged following the IARC determination in March of 2015. Dozens of independent, well-recognized scientists, people who didn't have any connections to Monsanto or the chemical industry, studied glyphosate over the course of a year and ultimately decided it was a probable carcinogen. After that, everything changed because now Monsanto was looking down the barrel of actual science. Once we started investigating this issue, we realized that there was a lot more there than just IR. There had been researchers for years who had been ringing the alarm bell, study after study after study, that showed a real risk. Thousands of people have come out saying, I was swimming in this stuff and now I have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. People who didn't smoke, people who are in their 40s, people who should not be getting this terrible disease. And I, along with several other law firms, have now filed thousands and thousands of cases as part of this litigation. We have access to 10, 15 million pages of documents that Monsanto has produced to us. We get to see all of these documents that the public normally doesn't get to see. And we've said to Monsanto, listen, these documents contain real concerns about public health and people need to see them. And Monsanto got on the phone with me and told me to go away. They had 30 days to file a motion seeking their continued protection. The order says if they fail to file the motion, the confidentiality is automatically waived. So I waited 30 days and they didn't do it. They just made a mistake. So I released them. First thing I did is I sent them to the European regulators, I sent them to the California regulators, I sent them to the EPA. I also put them on our website. The result was staggering and Monsanto realized that they had a problem. Attorney Brent Wisner joins us along with the founder of the Institute for Responsible Technology and author of Seeds of Deception, Jeffrey Smith. Also joining us via Skype is oncologist Dr. Joseph Toscano. We did invite Monsanto to be a part of the conversation, but they ultimately declined. I want to start with you, Brent. What initially instigated your desire to become involved in this lawsuit? We were actually approached by a person who was a family friend. and they had suffered non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and actually had passed away. And when we started researching this case and looking into it, what we found was just unbelievable. Uh, study after study uh, was showing that there's a real problem here with glyphosate, in fact, Roundup. And really what happened from there was there's been a, a whirlwind of individuals coming out of the woodworks, not just farmers, but people who use this at home, people who use this on their property, landscapers, city workers, people you don't normally expect to be exposed to these types of bioagricultural chemicals. And they're all saying, yeah, I have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I haven't used anything except glyphosate and I thought it was safe. And so that's how we sort of got pulled into it. And it's been a long sort of difficult process and we're moving for big steps every day towards getting to a, hopefully a resolution on it. You mentioned in the tape piece, uncovering or dispersing emails to the public that were previously confidential. What kinds of emails were those? And even if you wanted to share some of those with our viewers, feel free to. One of the things people don't realize is these documents never see the light of day, right? And we as lawyers get to see behind the curtain and see all these really alarming statements. And I think we have a couple that we want to talk about here that are really illustrative of the problem. We had Dr. Farmer on this show 
saying this stuff's safe. I'm a mother, and it's fine. But we have an email from her from 2003 where she says the terms glyphosate and Roundup cannot be used interchangeably. For example, you cannot say that Roundup is not a carcinogen. We have not done the necessary testing on the formulation to make that statement. This is Dr. Farmer, the chief toxicologist within Monsanto, saying we actually haven't tested Roundup. This is a common misunderstanding. Roundup is not the same as glyphosate. Glyphosate is part of Roundup, but Roundup is actually glyphosate plus a bunch of other chemicals that make it more potent. And one of the ways that Monsanto has avoided disclosing the risk is by just studying glyphosate in isolation and not actually looking at what people use every day in their homes. When we were doing some research, reading that about 750 products, maybe more, could be selling this chemical, and I'm assuming a lot of the uses are involved as an herbicide. Um, are you worried about just the one particular product, or are you worried about all these other potential exposures of glyphosate? You know, as we've gone through this litigation, every time we think that there might be something there, we look, and it's there in spades. And there's no question that as this litigation unfolds, as we work with experts, work with the EPA, work with the California OHIA, which just declared glyphosate a substance known to the state of California to be a carcinogen, as we work with these groups, I think the science is going to show that it might not just be limited to NHL, that there might be a, a relationship, for example, with GMOs and how the products themselves that are genetically manipulated and exposure to Roundup can actually have a combination effect. Now, as the litigation currently stands, we're focusing just on glyphosate and Roundup and NHL. But obviously, as we get more and more science, we're looking at seeing how it could affect potentially other types of cancers, other types of immune diseases or diseases that we don't really understand where they're coming from suddenly all over the place. Well, I mean, that being said, can we bring in Dr. Toscano from UC Davis? I mean, that's one of the world's centers for agriculture study, and, and you yourself, Dr. Toscano, is an oncologist. Is the science there? What is your, what is your read on this? The data is conflicting. There's multiple good studies in several countries that show exposure can, can lead to and increased risk of cancers and different malignancies, particularly lymphoma. But the problem is, is that there are other studies that really don't show an association. But clearly, there is a signal there that needs to be investigated. There needs to be additional research. And who's going to fund it? Who's going to support right. this research? Obviously, the companies that are making these products are not going to. And is the government going to jump in? They want to help farmers. With the, they want to maximize production of, of crops. So, you know, I see a real problem here. Right. The, How the, can we move the, that the, science forward? The, the, the science is not there, yet we need the science to definitively uh, make a call one way or the other. But the, the science well, is there. Well, that's just not true. I, I, Dr. Toscano, I appreciate your point, but that's just not true. These documents show pervasive scientific manipulation, ghostwriting. This is where an independent scientist published literature that was actually written by Monsanto, and they took their name off of it. They not only talk about ghostwriting in these documents, they brag about it. It's part of their performance reviews for coercing academics to publish junk science. In this email, 
Monsanto executive is trying to convince somebody to uh, not convince them that they shouldn't be on an article because they're worried about their association with Monsanto. And they tell them, it was decided by our management that we would not be able to use you as panelists slash authors because of your prior employment at Monsanto. These, these, these employees respond, we call that ghostwriting and it is unethical. And follows up with, I can't be part of deceptive authorship on a presentation or publication. So these are people saying, listen, I'm not going to be part of this ghostwriting. And thankfully, there's been some integrity with some of these scientists. There are dozens of epidemiological studies that show, without a question, that there is a risk. And I don't think it's time to wait and see. It's time to take action. Well, and I want to ask you, I want to ask but you this because let, let, me, let me step back for a moment because, you know, on this show, we always talk about the difficulty of proving cause and effect. Right. But to go the next step, and I, and I think, again, I think everyone in our world is worried about all the chemicals we're exposed to, but in a, in a lawsuit, how do you go about proving cause and effect? We run into this all the time as attorneys, but cause and effect doesn't mean it was the only cause or the only thing that could have perpetuated the cancer. We just have to show that it was a cause. And the simple fact is, Monsanto did a study in 1999, we're talking 17 years ago. They hired an independent scientist who did this research. And what did he conclude? that Roundup causes cancer. What did Monsanto do with that study? They buried it. They didn't start warning it or putting it on the labels. They never submitted it to the EPA, to the regulatory agencies. Dr. Toscano has never seen it. And that's what I'm talking about. We have a system of governance where if we have a risk and we we're worried about something, then you warn. You don't wait until it's conclusive and there's a thousand percent surety. If you have a risk, you warn. We'll have more of this discussion after the break. Coming up, we want to believe that everything is safe, but is it? We're talking about a really dangerous aspect of scientific manipulation. Then... I watched him deteriorate before my eyes. Cancer is just such a evil, evil disease. One woman's story of loss and outrage over the chemical she claims killed her husband. That's coming up. Coming tomorrow, you may be wearing it every day, but do you really know what may be hiding in your makeup? I didn't think it was this bad. Is it even authentic? How do you know whether this is counterfeit or not? There are red flags. The doctors investigate the ugly truth. Are these more profitable than drugs? Absolutely. Behind counterfeit cosmetics. You want to know what are the lab results? You could get skin cancer. Then we're busting the worst brow crimes. It is time for an ambush makeover. Yes. Then on Friday, she's an amazing person and an amazing mom. Find out how she's doing it all with no arms. Then how your next vacation could be on an island with unlimited sex, drugs, and being technically legal. Us. You might even die. What it happened to me? That's Friday. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Roundup. It was originally patented in 1964, and then in 1974, Monsanto learned that it kills weeds. And then dozens of independent, well-recognized scientists, people who didn't have any connections to Monsanto or the chemical industry, studied glyphosate over the course of a year, and ultimately decided it was a probable carcinogen. 
After that, everything changed. Thousands of people have come out saying, I was swimming in this stuff and now I have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I, along with several other law firms, have now filed thousands and thousands of cases. We had Dr. Farmer on this show saying, I am extremely highly confident in this product as a mom and then I can back it up as a scientist. But we have an email from her from 2003 where she says, you cannot say that Roundup is not a carcinogen. We have not done the necessary testing on the formulation to make that statement. If we have a risk and we, we're worried about something, then you warn. We're back with attorney Brent Wisner, author Jeffrey Smith, and oncologist Dr. Joseph Toscano, who is joining us via Skype from UC Davis. Dr. Toscano, as an oncologist, obviously your number one desire would be to prevent cancer in the first place. In this case, talking about lymphomas, you, you, you had a comment you wanted to make. Yeah, I know. Uh, we've done research at UC Davis looking at uh, pesticide exposure and, and the association with lymphoma. And it's clear with some of the older herbicides and pesticides that there is an association. But making these conclusions is not straightforward. There are studies by reputable um, cancer institutes that have not shown an association. But there are other studies that are supported by our government, the NCI, that, ha that have. Um, so I, I think that there is a signal there's no question there should be concern and additional research. And the federal government is supporting this research. Well, let, let's talk about that a little bit because obviously we have an organization called the Environmental Protection Agency. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it does that or not, that is for everyone else out there to judge. But I know that that is something that has been on the mind of a lot of people. And we want to believe that, look, when we consume products, the things that are out there in the world, we want to believe that everything is safe because we have a government with an EPA and other governing bodies. You mentioned ghostwriting. Can you dig a little further into that? Sure, and, and, and incidentally, you talked about the EPA as well. One of the things that we've disclosed in the Monsanto papers are text messages, emails between senior EPA officials and Monsanto employees. For example, there's, a, there's an email here, and it was involving a conversation that a Monsanto employee had with Jess Rowland, who headed up the Clark assessment, subsequently left the EPA and started working for the chemical industry. But he says in this email, he's quoted as saying, there's an investigation going on in the CDC. And in there, he says, no coordination with the CDC is going on, and he wanted to establish some, saying, quote, if I could kill this, I should get a medal. And so, one of the things that's really important in understanding the risks here is that the EPA, the European regulatory authorities, for 35 years they've been saying there's no risk. They have a vested interest in continuing to say that. Otherwise they messed up. IARC was truly independent. They were scientists from around the world that got together, had no vested interest one way or the other, and they looked at it with fresh eyes. But when you talk about ghostwriting, you're talking about a really dangerous aspect of scientific manipulation. Because it's, it's, you can't see it. It is a, literally a ghost. You see a reputable organization put their name on a paper saying, oh, this stuff is safe. Glyphosate is great. But then you find out that it was actually written by a Monsanto employee. We actually have red line documents where Monsanto, Donna Farmer, in fact, has actually had her name crossed out and Monsanto's relationship to the study removed. And so you really have to look behind the curtain before you start saying all these independent and reputable organizations have looked at this. You really have to look at, see, what is the relationship with Monsanto? They've pervaded everything.
Well, and let me quickly bring Jeffrey into this because, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of things here. And, and obviously, Dr. Toscano brings up a really good point that there are some studies that show one thing, other studies show others. What's your take on everything that's going on? Well, first of all, I'm not surprised at all by what I'm reading in these memos. I'm really glad that it's finally coming to light what we've seen around the world for years. More when we return. Coming up, debating the impact of weed-killing chemicals. This is almost verbatim what Big Tobacco said about cigarettes. That's coming up when there's nowhere else to turn. There has to be a way to heal. For compassion. I never thought I would get any answers. The tools. How do you know whether this is counterfeit or not? There are definitely red flags. And the wisdom. This is the most amazing footage I have witnessed. Wow. The doctors are always there to guide you back. I've got one chance left, and this is it. To the life you deserve. To the happy tears. Thank you. The doctors. You may have used Roundup or a similar product as a weed killer in your yard. It's also used on crops, including corn and soybeans. We want to believe that, look, when we consume products, that everything is safe because we have a government with an EPA and other governing bodies. One of the things that we've disclosed in the Monsanto papers are text messages, emails between senior EPA officials and Monsanto employees. He's quoted as saying, if I could kill this, I should get a medal. I'm not surprised at all by what I'm reading in these memos. I'm really glad that it's finally coming to light what we've seen around the world for years. We're talking about chemicals in our environment and our food, particularly a chemical called glyphosate. Well, I think this is a really important issue just about the issue of real scientific scrutiny and what's fair research because in most studies you're supposed to financially disclose and you're supposed to publish the article and the data as it is. And we have seen in history, not just pertaining to this case, but other cases in which people have defrauded data and maybe perhaps did not report their financial disclosures. So I can absolutely understand that this is concerning. But Jeffrey, I had a question for you. Outside of the research that Monsanto has actually been allegedly involved in, what have you seen in terms of the other more recent studies? Well, I just published a peer-reviewed article where 3,256 people report improvements in 28 different conditions when they switch to non-GMO and organic diets. I speak at medical conferences regularly, and there's thousands of doctors prescribing non-GMO diets, and they're reporting the same improvements. Now, it's interesting that the areas that people report improvements from are also getting better in pets and livestock put on non-GMO feed. They're also the problems that afflict the, the animals in laboratories that are exposed to GMOs and Roundup. And they're the same diseases on the rise in the US population, rising in parallel with the increased use of GMOs and the Roundup sprayed on them. 85% of the people who said they got better from something got better from digestive disorders. The next was fatigue, then obesity, then brain fog, then anxiety and depression. And if you look at the modes of action of Roundup and glyphosate, you would predict these type of changes. I do want to balance this out because obviously this is something you're passionate about and I can, I can go through a whole litany of types of foods when people switch from one type of food to another, they see changes in their disease risk profile. And I, I do think it's important, you know, the IARC is right now the only regulatory agency that is deemed uh, glyphosate as a probable carcinogen. Obviously Monsanto claims that the IARC manipulated the data. Mm. Um, 
I do want to read a statement from the California Farm Bureau Federation. Glyphosate-based herbicides have been valuable tools for weed control for California growers, homeowners, and other users for more than 40 years. Glyphosate has allowed farmers to incorporate more sustainable practices into production, leading to a significant environmental benefits. I come from a family of farmers, and, and they've been able to greatly improve their yield over the last number of decades. And so there, there, and there are, there are a lot of people that need to eat food. And, mm -hmm. and I think that there's two sides to every story. Uh, I do wanna incidentally also say that as part of the EPA's 2016 cancer assessment, they said that they reviewed more than 100 studies on glyphosate and did not label it a probable carcinogen. But we did reach out to the EPA and the agency issued this new statement the EPA is currently reevaluating the safety of glyphosate through our registration review program. The reevaluation process occurs every 15 years and is mandated by federal law. We are currently scheduled to complete the draft risk assessments no later than 2017. We'll have the full statement on our website. And let's continue this conversation also after the break. We're going to meet the widow of a farmer, and she claims that agricultural chemicals are what cut his life short. Stick around. Coming up. I watched him deteriorate before my eyes. Cancer is just such an evil, evil disease. One woman's story of loss and outrage over the chemical she claims killed her husband. That's coming up. Closed captioning provided by... Glyphosate is the world's most used herbicide. The EPA says it's safe. Our next guest disagrees. I met Jack when I was 17. He had just come from Vietnam, and he was just a prince of a guy. I was so in love with this man. Jack and I saw this old farm, and we fell in love with it. In 1978, we planted those first avocado trees. We had uh, approximately six acres, which is hundreds of trees. Jack would pretty much get up in the morning and head out at least eight hours a day, maybe 12. The youngest tractor driver in Santa Rosa Creek Road. He wasn't working on the farm. He was surfing. He was very, very fit. He just liked to be healthy and natural. I remember it like yesterday. He was sitting in bed and he looked at me and he said, Tara, I have lumps in my neck. He had this big open biopsy done on the lumps and we waited and waited and then he started getting so fatigued and so thin. I remember the day that he, he tried to mow the lawn. He said, I can't even mow the lawn. They gave him his first chemotherapy treatment, and two days later, he called me and said, Tara, I have 103 temperature. The biopsy site had become very infected as a result of the chemotherapy, and so that meant that he couldn't have the next chemotherapy. I noticed all around the edges of the opening, two little tumors were growing. Our son, he said, Mom, you should go on the internet and look at all the links between non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and Roundup. I thought, oh yeah, right. It was considered safe. I watched him deteriorate before my eyes. Cancer is just such a evil, evil disease. 
It had spread to his abdomen, and then he suffered a massive stroke. He really tried so hard to open his eyes. He wanted to talk, but he couldn't. I told him he was the best thing that ever happened to me. And that, that's it. About two months after Jack died, I said, it's interesting that our dog died of cancer too, and he got lumps in his neck, same as Jack. Our dog, Duke, would follow Jack around all day long, every day. And he was exposed to tons around him. And we had to have him put to sleep because he, he was in so much pain in a very short period of time. I was shocked to see all of the information out there about the link. My God, Jack's been spraying that stuff for 35 years. Terry is here and is one of many who have filed a lawsuit against Monsanto. She is represented by Brent, who you all have met before. And Terry, separate from our conversation we're having, I just want to say I'm very sorry for your loss. Thank you. Pretty obvious that your husband was a great man and you miss him a great deal. So we're very sorry for that. Thank you. You've decided to come forward and, and share your husband's story. What inspired you to do that? I think that he died because of exposure to glyphosate. And if he hadn't used it for 35 years, he'd still be alive. And, um, you know, my husband was a very health conscious person. He didn't believe in using chemicals. He didn't use any other chemicals on our farm. Only Roundup was the only one he ever used because he believed that was safe. And I think that's what killed him. That's what got him, gave him cancer. There, there's obviously been so many concerns raised, but as you know, getting back to medicine, and how do you take a story like Terry's? Because it's, it's obviously what she's gone through is so heartbreaking, and say, okay, now in this lawsuit, we're looking to prove that, that this chemical is what caused not only Terry's husband's death, but, but many others. Well, we actually use what you're familiar with, a differential diagnosis, right? We have an expert who, who know, understands the science as it relates to glyphosate exposure and cancer, go through all the possible risk factors, all the possible uh, causal causation or the etiology of the cancer, and rule out the things that aren't there. He wasn't a smoker. He didn't use other chemicals. He was healthy. He ate well. He wasn't obese. I mean, you go through all the different things that you have to rule out, and what you're left with is Roundup. Dr. Toscano, we just recently, I think it was a few months ago, had Aaron Brockovich on our stage, and, and a lot of people have watched that movie. How do you tease out, again, all of the things in society that potentially can cause cancer? Mm -hmm. And in this particular situation, because we're talking about glyphosate, how do you reconcile all that as an oncologist? So, you know, what I do is I primarily treat lymphoma. Mm -hmm. I do research on lymphoma. I treat a lot of patients with lymphoma. And uh, it's the vast majority of cases, there is no known cause. There's no known exposure. It's not associated with smoking or drinking. So it, it's, it's really difficult to make an association. And, and I'm very sorry for 
for the loss. I see it almost every day, but we need to do more research. I think that there is a signal, no, no question, but at what point do we ban it? Are there all safer alternatives? that have a lower risk. California is the first state to, to actually come out and require that glyphosate is labeled as a uh, potentially cancer-causing agent. What is, what is your comment to that? There is some data that suggests that it is potentially a carcinogen. But that goes a long way from saying that there's absolute proof. I just want to say, Dr. Toscano, I appreciate your perspective. I really do. But I think it's really important to reflect that this is almost verbatim what Big Tobacco said about cigarettes causing cancer. For years, they generated studies saying it didn't cause cancer and saying we need more science, we need more science, we need more science. It took lawyers and a coalition of activists and people who really cared to expose the fraud for what it was. And we are in the middle of that right now. And some of these emails... Thank you. I'd like to take issue with that. I, I don't represent Monsanto or any of these companies. And I would say that the research that I've looked at, many of them are not associated right. with the, the pesticide or herbicide industry. So I think you have to be careful making blanket statements. The important thing is, is that Roundup is widely used, um, and I'm concerned about the Roundup-ready crops, and they're spraying it all over our food products. But lymphoma is relatively rare. So I would think that if there was a direct association, we would see more. And in fact, the incidence of, of lymphoma has leveled off in recent years. I, for years, was representing scientists around the world who were concerned about Roundup and GMOs, and it was always very, very similar to what the doctor's saying. We don't know, but here's the evidence. And as I started to give the information to medical conferences, the doctors started prescribing non-GMO diets, and I realized that they're actually experimenting on more humans in their clinics than many times the number of rats and, and, and mice that were fed this. And so this is being repeated over and over again with thousands of doctors. So even if we don't have the peer-reviewed data that says this is a smoking gun, we do have enough clinical experience and personal experience so that the wise thing, the take-home message is avoid Roundup and things that are sprayed with Roundup. Eat organic and let the scientists figure it out. But in the meantime, we need to protect ourselves. We do need, need to... Take a quick break, and in so doing, I want to reinforce, Terry, my condolences to you and you. and everything that you've been through personally. Looks like, you know, watching you two on that beautiful farm is, was was heart-wrenching to see you lost the love of your life. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank we'll you. be right back. Coming up, we are surrounded by a lot of chemicals. A lot of chemicals that weren't around 50, 60 years ago. Can you protect yourself today? That's coming up. Closed captioning provided by... We're back with attorney Brent Wisner and author Jeffrey Smith. It's interesting to me because the one thing that you cannot really argue with 
is the increased exposure. I'm always on this stage saying, wow, we are surrounded by a lot of chemicals. Mm -hmm. A lot of chemicals that weren't around 50, 60 years ago. Clearly there's a lot that people are unsure about, but according to a study just published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, Americans' exposure to glyphosate is increasing. It's a UCSD study, School of Medicine. The researchers found that human exposure to glyphosate has increased approximately 500% since the introduction of GMOs. Now, UCSD professor, the lead author in the study, Paul Mills, says our exposure to these chemicals has increased significantly over the years, but that most people are unaware that they are consuming them through their diet. In my mind, it looks like we're dragging our feet a little bit. In 2015, more than half of European Union countries banned their farmers from growing genetically modified crops also known as GMOs. The EU Parliament has called for glyphosate weed killer to be completely phased out over the next five years. They will vote to ban or to extend the license for this product before the end of 2017. I'm not sure why we're falling behind here in this country. Well, I think in general, when you look at the way that countries deal with these issues, it is very different. I do want to mention that Monsanto provided us with the following statement. While we have sympathy for anyone who is suffering from or who has lost a loved one to cancer, glyphosate is not the cause. Hundreds of scientific studies over 40 years have determined that glyphosate is safe for use, and no regulatory agency in the world has concluded that glyphosate is carcinogenic. The IARC opinion is a complete outlier and has been shown to be based on manipulated data. Glyphosate is a vital and safe tool for millions of farmers around the world. That statement comes from Scott Partridge, the Vice President of Strategy. We'll be right back. Coming up, a doctor's prescription to remove pesticides from your produce. That's coming up. Coming tomorrow. Do you know what may be hiding in your makeup? I didn't think it was this bad. The doctors investigate the ugly truth. Want to know what are the lab results? You could get skin cancer. That's tomorrow. We're back having a, a very interesting conversation. Dr. Toscano, in, in 2015, it was estimated that nearly one in six deaths, an estimated nine million worldwide, was related to pollution in some form, whether it's air, water, soil, chemical, or occupational pollution. Today, we're talking about potential chemical pollution. As an oncologist, you, you know, this cause effect, where, where is your concern level with the chemicals that are in our society and, and as well as the, the pollution that is rampant? I, I think it very, very concerned. I think there are many malignancies that, where there's indirect evidence that ex exposure to various environmental toxins are likely the culprit, but, but it's so hard to prove. I just think with glyphosate, there, there is a signal. We, maybe we should ban its use until we have more data. Well, Dr. Toscano, we really appreciate all the work that you do in your field. We applaud you. We thank you for being here today and <laughs> contributing to this conversation. <laughs> Jeff, what I'll ask you, because clearly you're an idealist and you say let's eat organic, but realistically, you can't always do that. And where I always get a little bit scared is I would rather have someone eat a conventionally grown apple than eat highly processed foods? Because in my humble opinion, your greater risk is a highly processed food with tons of added 
sugars and salt because we we know the risk there too and so it's always for me a little bit of a battle it's always a little bit of a battle in terms of what you're telling people because you don't want people you know what? i'm going to stop eating fruits and veggies mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm just too scared <laughs> what do you what do you say to someone who looks at you and says jeffrey i love your idealism but i can't afford organic food my partner amy hart and i are about to release a film called Secret Ingredients about families who switch to organic food. One group that we interviewed for the film, this family of six, they dropped their medical costs by 50% the first year and another 50% the second year. Two other families say they don't go to doctors anymore. In each case, the offset of the amount of money they spent on organic was made up by reduced medical costs. But I agree that some people don't have the option or even the availability of organic in their area. So we have non-gmoshoppingguide.com. If you can't buy organic, at least buy non-GMO. It is an interesting discussion because I don't think anyone would argue that we are exposed to a level of chemicals probably never before seen. And I certainly believe we all would agree that limiting chemical exposure is an ideal. I just read the report, one in six people Estimated to die worldwide, estimated 9 million related to pollution in some form, whether again, air, water, soil, chemicals, occupational exposures. One in six one people dying. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I hear that and I think, ugh, I don't ever want to leave my house. Right. I think that the key point here is that we can't live our lives in fear. You know, there's lots of different things that could kill us at all times. I mean, that's what life is. And so, what we need to do is we still live our lives, we do the things that are meaningful to us, but we do educate ourselves and we do take our own health into our own hands. We'll be back with a final word right after this. Coming up, a doctor's prescription to limit pesticides from your produce. That's coming up. Closed captioning provided by And if you're ready to win big, join us in our studio audience. You could be part of our massive prize giveaway. So log on to our website at thedoctorstv.com or call us at area code 323-THE-DOCS. That's 323-THE-DOCS. We will see you soon. It's time for my prescription today. One way to reduce pesticide exposure is you can soak your produce in water and baking soda. You can mix one teaspoon of baking soda in two cups of water. According to a study published in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry, washing produce with baking soda and water removes pesticides better than water alone or water and bleach. I often feel like I end our show saying, look, we try to profile what's going on out there, conversations, headlines, the most important thing you can do is educate yourself. Educate yourself, know why you choose to do what you do, things you expose yourself and your family to, the foods you eat, educate yourself, watch the doctors every single day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but certainly these are really important topics. I really wanna thank everyone for watching this episode. We're gonna have more resources on our website for those of you that were, quite frankly, probably enthralled by all sides of this conversation. So you can visit thedoctorstv.com. I wanna thank all of our guests today as well. We'll see you next time, everyone.